love worship. I don't, thank you, thank you. I don't even know why I wear makeup to church anymore, honestly. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, guys, I have a couple announcements for you, and then we're also going to go into our time of offering. So, first announcement is we are in need of some help around the church with um, just doing some random things. So, if you're handy and like to help, <laughs> we have a sign-up sheet out on the uh, little table thing out there. So, you can check it out, and it says specifically what we need, and then if you could sign up for that, that would be awesome because we need all the help we can get. Um, in addition to that, we are, as a youth group, um, are going to go to the beach. Whoop, whoop, summertime. Um, but we are leaving on July 26th, <coughs> day before my birthday. <coughs> um, <laughs> no, we are taking the youth group to the beach, and we are going to do a, a full day of hanging out, and then we're going to do a beach baptism as well. And we want to welcome anybody who wants to come. If you want to help be a driver, that would be awesome. Or if you just want to come and enjoy the day with us and, um, you know, maybe even get baptized yourself, please, we would love to have you. Um, so if you need more information, I would love to know if you plan on going um, so that way we can plan accordingly for rides and food and all that kind of stuff. So connect with me afterwards. We'll make sure to make it happen. And then for uh, offering, if our ushers can get into place, that would be great. So this is the time where you take out your checkbooks and start filling that out. <laughs> I just wanted to give a small testimony, and I promise it'll somehow go into with the offering. <laughs> so bear with me here. Most of you guys know I just came back from a conference in Orlando, Florida, and it was with a group called AMTC, which means Actors, Models, and Talents for Christ. And I grew up acting since I was a wee little one. And uh, so my goal was to go there and maybe, you know, get discovered. <laughs> no. But <clears throat> what Actors, Models, and Talents for Christ does is that they raise up these people who have all these talents, whether it's singing, acting, dancing, modeling, all these things, to go out into the entertainment industry and basically be a light in the darkness. Because we all know that the entertainment industry is full of darkness. And so... So with, there was a series of trainings that happened and weekends down in Anaheim that I went to, all to lead up to this conference where I could then showcase my talents in front of like 100 plus VIP uh, casting agents and different talent agencies and stuff like that. And then the rest of the week also included um, different conferences, or I'm sorry, seminars and workshops to learn how to get out there and do auditions and that kind of stuff. And um, the week was incredible, and the Lord blessed me in so many ways with different people that I met and ways that they wanted to provide for me. Like, my plan was to go out there, and I wanted to do it all on my own. And so I, I, I paid for it myself, and, but God was like, you know what? I want to I bless you in the midst of this. And so he, like, brought people out of the woodwork that just wanted to pay for certain things for me. Like, it was crazy, and so I was so blessed by that. And then the time came at the end of the week, at the end of the conference, to um, find out if you got callbacks from these VIP agents and stuff like that. And I did not get one single callback. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, Lord, maybe this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. But you did have an opportunity the following day to go and um, they call them flash interviews and to speak in front of all these agents. Like you line up so you can talk to an agent and you give him your headshot and your resume and all that kind of stuff. And the Lord was like, Jesse, it's not done. He who begins a good work in you, you need to finish it. And so I was like, all right, Lord, I'm going to walk into these flash interviews. I'm just going to be me. So I go into these flash interviews, and I have two agents that wanted to sign me up for petite plus size modeling. And I was like, uh, okay. And here I was like two nights before, literally in my hotel room crying because I didn't feel worthy enough because I struggle with my appearance and how much weight I've gained and all these different things. And so I was like, Lord, you have a really weird sense of humor. <laughs> but you guys, in our weakness, he is made strong. And so even though I struggle with these things, the Lord was like, he brought people in and I was talking to them. He was like, Jesse, this could be a platform for you to use to speak to those people who have confidence issues and stuff like that and, and to bring them up in the Lord. And so I don't know where he's going with all of this, but what I do know is that I said to the Lord, here I am, 
send me. I took a step of faith, and I had no clue what that was going to hold, <laughs> but I was like, okay, this is it. And he brought me to a place that I never, ever expected. And so to bring that back to tithing and the offering is that when we are faithful in the little things, and maybe it's that measly 10%, but sometimes that 10% is everything to all of us, right? Because maybe we don't make that much, and this is the last little bit that we can give to the Lord. But you guys, we live in kingdom economics. This is not the worldly economics that we see on a daily basis. We can plant one seed and God's going to grow an entire vineyard. And so we need to trust, though, that he's going to do that. It's like the story of when he fed the 5,000. And really, it wasn't even 5,000 because there were women and children. So there were a lot more. And he had five loaves of bread and two fishes. But that's what they gave to him. And he blessed it and he multiplied it. And he had even more in abundance. So not only does God want to take the little that we have, and it might be just a little bit, that little tiny mustard seed of faith, but he's going to move mountains with it. And we need to believe that. And so even in that step of faith of saying, Lord, I don't feel pretty and I don't feel good about myself, but God, use me however you feel fit. And he's going to do that even with your 10% that you give or whatever the Lord lays on your heart to give as an offering to him. It is furthering the kingdom of God. And that is what is most important. And so in your tithes and in your offerings, just believe in that. Trust that God is going to take what you have and further the kingdom and bring people to him because it's not about us. It's about furthering his kingdom and giving him glory. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, that you are a God that provides in every way possible, God, that you show up and you, you surprise us all the time. Lord, I'm so grateful for your provision and for your love and for your goodness, Lord. And Lord, I pray over this offering, Lord, that you would multiply it, God, that you would give and allow it to be in an abundant, Lord, even if it's a dollar, whatever it is, God. And in whatever way that we give back to you, Lord, we, we wait in eagerness, God. You said to trust you in this. And so, Lord, we trust that you will multiply this and that you will further your kingdom, Lord, in this offering. God, I thank you for this church family. I thank you for the message that's about to be preached, Lord. And God, I just give you glory in everything, and we love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Since um, Rob is gone, I have the privilege of introducing um, our oldest son, Matthew. And most of you know him, so I feel like an introduction is not totally necessary, but... Um, for those of you who don't, he's our oldest son. He's going to be 20 in September. And he has been home this summer, so it's been a real joy to have him around. And um, he's going back to school in August. He's in his third year of college. He's going to Life Pacific Bible College in San Dimas. And I think there's no greater joy for a parent or a grandparent when they when you see your child really stepping into their walk with the Lord, when you see them just going full force for God. And so I'm excited to hear what the Lord's going to speak through Matthew this morning. So welcome, Matthew. Oh, boy. Ah, good morning. So great to see um, all of you this morning. Uh, I'm excited. Um, God's really put an awesome word on my heart, and I really believe it's going to be good, and I really hope that it touches you this morning. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for who you are, God. Lord, I thank you that you are, are such an awesome God, that you are so holy, that you are, are so good, God. And Lord, I just ask right now that you would just, any distractions we may have come in here with morning, this morning, any burdens we may be carrying, Father God, I just ask that you would uh, just help us to lay those at your feet right now in the name of Jesus, God. Um, and I just ask that you would just, whatever uh, you would have me speak this morning, I just ask that you would just guide me, Father. Speak the words that you uh, would have me speak and help us to receive the words that you would have us receive this morning. In your name, amen. Man. What a great morning so far. Amen? Man, it's just God's, God's moving, so I'm excited. I'm encouraged. To start off, I want to briefly uh, touch on uh, what's been going on in the world, because specifically in the U.S., just because there is so much that's going on, it really should be, I, w I think it really should be mentioned this morning. 
you know, wherever we go, you see it. You turn on the TV, you read the paper, you listen to the radio, you check your Facebook feed. There's a lot. It's a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of, a lot of really difficult things, a lot of hate, a lot of blaming, and people are scared and sad and confused. And the basic message is I'm getting is we're living in crazy times, and nobody really knows, seems to know what to do about it. I don't know about you, but I've, I've been looking at my Facebook feeds and I look at you know, people talking about the shootings and, and things like All Lives Matter and, and all these issues that are going on and I see all these people saying there's an issue here and there's an issue here. But it seems like, for the most part, nobody really seems to understand what to do. There's a lot of confusion. There's a, there's, we don't know what to do. We're not sure. We see this. We're, we're upset. We're hurt. We, we don't, but we don't know what to do about it. We don't know how to fix these things. And I want to I encourage us as a body this morning that we don't have to remain in this state. I'm not talking about California, <laughs> though sometimes we want to leave. <laughs> but I'm talking about the state of mind. We do not have to remain in this state of, of fear and, and the state of, of anger and, and all these emotions that are coming up because this isn't what God intended us. See, God intended us to have, li- have life and have a life to the fullest and to not live in the fear of the world and to not be in bondage to that fear. But that doesn't mean we just live in the peace that God has for us. It doesn't just mean we just sit back and we say, okay, I have Jesus, you know, the world's going to pot, but it's okay because I got God. God has a plan for us and God has a a mission for us in this time. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So first off, to get started, if you're taking notes for a warning, I'm going to be throwing out a lot of verses at you guys and um, a lot of stuff. So I will try to go slow so you guys can keep up. Um... But I want to also to remember, start off with remembering a couple points from Pastor Rob's message a couple weeks ago. Does anybody remember those two points? Anyone? Okay, that's fine. It's okay. Most people, they say, statistics say you remember 15% of the message within an hour after you listen to it. So it's okay. A week later, two weeks is hard. But the two, points, the two main points of that message was um, you have a purpose, and then it, the second point was a challenge to start living that purpose. So it was a great message, but what I really want to dive into this morning is how we can live that purpose. First off, I want to make something clear. Your purpose does not mean your occupation. Your purpose does not necessarily coincide with your talents or the things that you are good at. Now, I want us to remember this this morning. This is kind of one of the key points for this morning. Your role, it does not equal your purpose. All right, let's say that together. My role does not equal my purpose. See, God has given each of us a purpose for our lives, and the roles we play a not, may not always match up with that purpose, though they are a part of it. I want us to understand that too. Just be, a role is a part of the purpose, but the role does not equal the purpose. When I say roles, I mean things like, like I said earlier, your job, where you are at the, what you are at this point in your life, whether you work in construction or you work for the city or you're a teacher or you're a parent or a grandparent or a student or a leader, these are roles that we play. Then you have your purpose. This is what is given to you from God. The plan that God has for you before you even existed. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. You may be familiar with verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we now have to answer two questions. Now that we know we have a purpose, we need to find out first what it is, obviously, and how do we fulfill that purpose once we find out what it is. Now, this can be a really quick sermon. I'm going to give you the end of message, and then, you know, I'm going to give you the final point, and then you can just walk out. <laughs> just kidding. Please don't do that, because then I have to explain to Pastor Rob when he comes back, hey, why did service end early? Well, you know, I gave him the end of the sermon. Um, Uh, the only way we can understand our purpose and fully live out that purpose is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So the title of this message today is called 
The role of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life today. Okay? The role of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life today. Today is in all caps, by the way. Before we can understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives today, we first have to look at a couple things. First, we have to look at who he has been and what he has done. Then we can understand uh, who he is today and what he does through us today. Follow? Cool. Clear as mud? Awesome. So first off, we're going to get started. Answering, who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, So, I'm going to give you the most condensed version of the Holy Spirit uh, without confusing any of you. And I'm also going to leave, try to leave nothing out so I don't commit heresy. Here we go. Okay. So there's this very little simple thing called the Trinity. Okay. That wasn't that funny, I guess, you know. (laughs) First off, Um, first off, Holy Spirit, so let's start off with where we see Holy Spirit first in the Bible. Uh, most of us, when we think Holy Spirit, we immediately think of Acts chapter 2, when we see the empowering of the Holy Spirit on falling on the believers in the upper room. That is actually not where we first see the Holy Spirit. We, in fact, see the Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Let's turn there real quick. Now, in order to understand the Bible, I truly and honestly believe that you cannot fully understand it without understanding the historical context and really understanding the original language that the Bible is spoken. It'd be like, under, it's like speaking, if you're, if who, any of you speak two languages in here? Anyone? Okay. When you speak two languages, if you've ever heard them translated, it's really hard to go from one language to another, um, like the straight meaning of each word, because not every language has the same words. It's the same in Hebrew. Um, we can kind of lose the meaning of words and we translate it over time and they can actually kind of change. Um, And so uh, what we see here, so I'm not going to read this in Hebrew because my Hebrew is terrible, but I'm going to read verses 1 through 2. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now that phrase, Spirit of God, if you read the Old Testament at all, you'll probably sing it a lot. Spirit of God this, Spirit of God that. In Hebrew, that means Jave Ruach. Um, there's a lot of phlegm in Hebrew. And it's... <laughs> it is. It's phlegmy. It's a cool language. Anyways, Jave Ruach. Now, Yahweh, Yahweh, or Yahweh, as we would say, uh, we're very familiar with that. It's the meaning of I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. Um, it's the name of God. But that word Ruach means... Um, it's that word meaning wind, typically, or power. Um, but the thing is, is if you read the verse, and the Spirit of God, or the Yahweh Ruach, was hovering over the face of the waters. Pretty sure wind doesn't hover. Usually wind moves, correct? So this is, so we, we look at this verse and we say, this is not actually, this is not a wind of God. This is not a power of God. This is the Holy Spirit, part of the triune God. Clear? So, here we go. We see Holy Spirit. This is where he starts. Genesis chapter 1, verses 2. We see a part of the Trinity right there. Okay. We see how the Holy Spirit is there at at creation. So we say, okay, holy, part of holy, who Holy Spirit is, he is the creator, sustainer, and restorer of creation. Okay? Now, for creator we see, and sustainer, we see that in Genesis 1, chapter, er, or chapter 1, verse 2. And then we also see that in Psalm 33, verse 6, which says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth of his mouth all their host. That word breath is again the word ruach, which means what? Holy Spirit. All right. Awesome. You guys are following. Real quick, let's go through these verses. You don't have to turn to them, but I'll say them if you're taking notes. Holy Spirit is the agent of regeneration. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 8. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. This is a famous thing where everyone knows verses 16. But it's talking, and Jesus is talking about how you are birthed from flesh to flesh, gives birth to flesh. But then spirit gives birth to spirit. Do not marvel that I say this to you. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So is with everyone who is born of the spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is the one who regenerates us, who births us into, when we, become, when we get saved, when we receive Jesus Christ into our hearts, we are being rebirthed into spirit. We were flesh before we received Christ. After we received Christ, the Holy Spirit rebirths us into the spirit realm. The Holy Spirit is the deposit guaranteeing our salvation. Ephesians 1, verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 14, which says, You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Holy Spirit is the comforter, John on chapter 14, verses 26. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the counselor that Jesus Christ promised to us, also in John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. He is our advocate and intercessor. He has, which is uh, Romans 8, 27. And that is also key because this all, when we see the scripture, we see that Holy Spirit is not just a form, a shapeless void, but he is a being. Because here we see that at the Holy Spirit in verse 27, it says, And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit it has a mind. He has an idea. He, ha- he is a being. He is a thinking being who intercedes for us on behalf. So not only is he our intercessor on the behalf of the Father, but he, with gro- it's that the Bible says that he groans for us because we as humans cannot always say the words to express to God the Father. So the Holy Spirit intercedes for us because he has the mind. He is, our defend- he is the defender. He is the one who Jesus promises will give you the words to say when you need to say them. In Luke 12, 12. And then in Acts 6 through 7, we see Stephen, this in action as uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon Stephen the Apostle, or not the Apostle, Stephen the, the waiter, really. And he is preaching before the Sanhedrin, and the Holy Spirit comes upon him and gives him this word to speak. Gift, he's a gift from the Father, Luke eleven thirteen. He is being promised. It's also oh, it says you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians twelve eleven says that the Holy Spirit has a will. All these are empowered by one and by the same Spirit who apportions eat to each one individually as he wills. This verse is taught. This is Paul. Ooh, sorry. This is Paul talking about how the Holy Spirit comes and he gives giftings and he gives power to believers and he apportions to each as he wills. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has a purpose for your life. And in order for you to fulfill that purpose, you must first be empowered. Amen? And finally, the Holy Spirit has emotions. So he has a mind, he has a will, he has emotions. He's our counselor, our comforter, our advocate, our agent of regeneration, a deposit guaranteeing our salvation, a gift from the Father, our defender, and so much more. Now, this is where we get to the second part. This was a synopsis of who the Holy Spirit is. He's not just there, though. He plays an active part in his creation. Now, we could go really, really in-depth. Honestly, this I'm not giving this justice because the Holy Spirit, if you're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, you need several weeks um, to do with this. I mean, we could talk about, but, you know, the Holy Spirit is not just active in our lives, but he's also active throughout creation. But we're just going to focus on us this morning. So what does the Holy Spirit do in, in people, in uh, this part of his creation, which is us as, as humans? He fills people with power and authority, number one. And we see this in Joshua, in Numbers 27 through 18. When Moses commissions Joshua, God says to him, Moses, go, O to Joshua, who is filled with the Spirit of the Lord, that Yahweh Ruach, the power of the Lord. So you see the Holy Spirit, he's not just filling people in Acts chapter 2. Though, oh, he, though that was a great power, and that was the first time that the Holy Spirit actually filled people from the inside, for a continual amount of time before what would happen is the Holy Spirit would come on to people for the task that they specifically needed. Okay? Let me repeat that again. The Holy Spirit used to come on before 
Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit would come on people to empower them for the task that they needed. So you see this in Joshua. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit in order to lead the people. Though he loved God and he served God before, it does, the Bible does not mention the Holy Spirit coming on before then. The elders with Moses. Moses prays for the, the 70 elders who would help him guide the people. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon them and they prophesied. A number, uh, Numbers 11.25 each ju- if you go through the book of Judges, you will go through each judge. Each judge will say the same thing. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. And then the, the, all of them, each, single, each of the judges, the Spirit of the Lord came upon them to empower them to do the task that he called them to do. Saul, when Saul was anointed king, 1 Samuel 10.10, 10, turn with me there real quick. It says this. When they came to Gibeah, Saul and his servant, behold, a group of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God rushed upon him, and he prophesied among him. And when all who knew him previously saw how he prophesied with the prophets, the people said to one another, What has come over the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? We see this, so after, or Saul was, this is after Samuel has anointed Saul as king, we see that the Spirit of God rushes upon on Saul, and he begins to prophesy like one of the prophets do. And that's why they, in, in Israeli culture, they even still consider Saul as one of their prophets, or in Jewish culture, excuse me. We see this in David as well. 1 Samuel sixteen thirteen, when uh, David is anointed as king, it says this, and the Lord, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint for him, for he is, this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from the, that day forward. And Samuel rose and went up to Ramah. Then we get this amazing thing in the, pro, in the book of Joel, when Joel pro, makes the prophecy, and, my, and God will pour out his Spirit on all flesh. And this is, what, and this is where we move into the New Testament. So now it's not just for the kings and the prophets and those who are leaders, but now it says that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. So now we're going to move on to the New Testament to see what that looks like when the Holy Spirit pours out on all flesh. Number one, as I said earlier, Holy Spirit makes us spiritual. As I said earlier, he births us into that spiritual realm. He, he causes us to become spiritual green beings. There is a transformation that happens with the Holy Spirit. John 3, chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. John 16, 8 through 15. When the Holy Spirit come, well, Holy Spirit will fill you up. You, he will convict you of sin when you are living in sin. So if you are convicted of sin, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Now, I want to distinguish something because I don't want, because this can be very confusing. There's a different, because we're Pentecostal, we believe even being filled with power from the Holy Spirit. But you also hear these things like, oh, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, do you have the Holy Spirit? And so it gets like, it can be confusing. When you come to Christ, you are immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. There is not, you don't need to do anything. It's just, that's part of it. That's part of the deal. You, You accept Christ in your life. Holy Spirit comes in and he fills you. Now, there is a, the later, the empowering that I'm talking about, the power you receive from the Holy Spirit, that is something you ask for. It's not just something that automatically comes with it. That is something that you say, this is a gift that you receive from the Holy Spirit. So, there's a diff- so you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you are filled with power in the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Amen. Continuing on. The Holy Spirit indwells within us. Like I just said, the ch- verse for that is Romans 8, chapter 8, verses 9 through 13. He gives believers new life. He's continually restoring us, just as the Holy Spirit is constantly restoring creation. Romans chapter 8, verses 2 through 6. Those who are filled with the Holy Spirit have the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Galatians 5, 22, verses through 23. And then he also, and finally he reminds us of the, he, not finally, he reminds us of the teachings of Christ. John chapter 20, verses 22. He gives purpose, Acts 13 through 2 through 4, Acts 20, 28. Let's go there, because that's kind of key to the message. 
Uh, Acts 12, 13, 2 through 4. Now remember this point. Holy Spirit gives purpose. We're going to see what that looks like. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. The Holy Spirit has pre-called Saul and Barnabas, or Paul and Barnabas, excuse me, he said, set them apart for me to the purpose which I have called them. Holy Spirit gives purpose. Acts 20, 28, chapter 20, verses 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all, all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Here we see e, that... Uh, Paul is speaking to one of the churches and he is speaking to specifically to the leaders of the church, the overseers. And he is saying, you have been called to fulfill this purpose of being an overseer. Your purpose right now is to be, is what God's called you. Okay? So we see the Holy, number one, we see that point. God gives, Holy Spirit gives purpose. Now the second part we see in that is that he fills believers with power. Acts Chapter 1, verse 8, talks about of Jesus promising the Holy Spirit, wait in Jerusalem until you are filled with power from on high. I'm going to give you some verses, just, ex- just examples of the Holy Spirit filling with power. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. 1 Thessalonians 1 through 5. Acts 2 through 4. Acts 4, 29 through 31. Galatians 5:22-23 and Ephesians 5:18. Uh, this one that we're going to turn to together real quick. No, sorry, not sorry, wrong verse. First Thessalonians 1 through5. First Thessalonians 1:5. Because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and then the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. The Holy Spirit does not just call us to go and to speak words, but it also, comes, we, it also must come with power. So we have looked at who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Now what we're going to do is we're going to turn to Acts chapter 6, and we're going to look at what that, see, what that looks like in action. What does it look like when the believer is filled with power from the Holy Spirit. Starting in verse 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit, there it is again, and full of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty. This is when the apostles are looking for people who will wait on tables, who will serve the believers. Notice the requirements for doing this. They must be, have a good reputation, they must be full of wisdom, and they have to be full of the Spirit. This is important. The disciples knew, the apostles knew, that it, the importance, it didn't matter what role they were playing, but what matters is that they were full of the Spirit in order to fulfill the purpose that God had. Amen? Verse 4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Then they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Verse 8, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Stop right there. Stephen was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Whoa, 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 hold on, let's stop here. Let's take a minute. Stephen's ro- Stephen is in charge of feeding people. Stephen is not the disciple. He's not the evangelist. He's not the, one of the apostles. He, he's a waiter. 
He goes and feeds people. He makes sure that everyone has enough food. Hey, how you, hey, he knocks on the door. Hey, how you doing? And yet here we see, right here, it says, and then Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. See, Stephen's role did not limit to what God was doing through him because though his role was important and God called him to fulfill this role, the role was only a part of the purpose that God had for him. The role cannot, the purpose cannot be fulfilled unless you are completing the roles that God asked you to do, but the role that you are playing right now is not the complete purpose that God has called you to. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freed men and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and of those of Sicilia and Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. We are living in times where people are arguing left and right and back and forth. And it's a never-ending cycle of anger and frustration. And people bickering and there seems to be no resolution and here you would think it would be the same but because Stephen was full of the power of the Holy Spirit because he did not speak with his own wisdom but he spoke with the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit spoke through him he was able to confound these wise teachers and he was able to present the gospel in a way that they could understand. And they had, no, they had two choices. They could either accept it or deny it, but they could not discredit it. This is, what, this is why, so one of the reasons we need the Holy Spirit today. Because, if we do not, because when we encounter these issues, and we will encounter them if we not, have not already, we will encounter issues where people will come to us and say, well, what about this? What about that? What about, what about, you know, what do, what do we say about the police? What do we say about who was being elected? What do we say about brutality? You know, did they shoot first? Did he pull a gun? What is going on? And we do not speak with our own wisdom because that's just going to end in a never-ending cycle. That's where we ask for the Holy Spirit. That's where we walk in the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit to where there is no wisdom that can withstand that. No human argument could come against that. Because the ultimate goal of, the ultimate purpose, the ultimate purpose for all believers, though we have individual purpose, the ultimate purpose is so that we will go into the world and preach the gospel, and that we will baptize those in them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is not to argue petty points. It is not to be right. It is not to have a conservative country. It is to win souls for Christ. Starting verse 11 again. Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. Then they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up fault witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against the holy place and the law, for we have heard him say that the Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat at the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Interesting. Interesting. The Holy Spirit comes upon Stephen. And if you read, and I, I would encourage you, I'm not going to read it because it's a lot to read. And we only have a short time. <laughs> but I would encourage you to go home and read chapter 7 and listen to the speech that Stephen gives to the Sanhedrin. When he's giving, when he's at the Sanhedrin, uh, that would be like someone, one of us standing in front of the high court, in front of the, justi- of the, the head justices. Like, that would be, that'd be a close enough comparison for us. Um, and it's either them convicting us of death or us preaching the gospel to them. Like, that's, that's the situation he's in. It's pretty heavy. And the Holy Spirit moves on Stephen to speak with power and authority. And that power and authority is so eminent that it's shining through Stephen. He says his voice, face was like the face of an angel. It's this power that was exuding from Stephen because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Stephen's purpose was not the same as his role. His role was only a part of what God had for him. But his purpose could not be fulfilled without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So what does the Holy Spirit mean for us today? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forevermore. 
we believe in the triune God. Amen? We believe that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all the same. Yes? So, we can... I'm going to replace this. If Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, we can also say God the Father is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If that's true, then we can also say that Holy Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If Holy Spirit, from the beginning of creation, we see Him moving, we see Him giving wisdom, we see Him filling people with power and authority, we see Him moving people to fulfill the purposes to which they have been pre-created for, predestined for. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is not just concerned with our little tiny lives? In fact, believe it or not, Holy Spirit actually has a greater plan. In fact, Holy Spirit is big enough that He can have a purpose for each one of us, and He could have thought of that purpose thousands of years before even any of us were born. In fact, before our world even existed, because we believe that God existed before the world, amen, God had predestined, he knew, Jacob, God knew that he had a purpose for you before you were even born. Amen. Amen. Shan, God knew that he had a purpose for you before you were even born. Amen. Amen. If Holy Spirit is the same today as he was at creation, then the same power is constant through today and the same things we have access to today. Who is the Holy Spirit to us as believers today? The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us our purpose and gives us the tools we need to complete that purpose. We're living in crazy times. I'm wrapping up now. We're living in crazy times right now. But we have to remember a few things. First, we don't need to fear because our hope is in Christ. Our hope is not in who our president is going to be. Our hope is not in where our country is. It's not in our finances. It's not in our police forces. It's not in morality or it's not in ourselves. Praise God. Our hope is in him. We cannot be a divided body. We must be together. We, mu- we have to stand together as a body. The Holy Spirit is the one who causes us to be unified with one another. Paul also talks about oh, not forsaking the body in, the, in these times. He's talking about not forsaking the body, gathering of the believers, to build one each other, be, build each other up, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and walking in power. We cannot sit back lackadaisically watching the world go by saying, eh, it is what it is. I got Jesus. It's going to be okay. We have to walk into our purposes that God has called us. And we do that by living out the roles that he has called us to do while being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit does not just fill us. It's not a one time. I want to remind us, Holy Spirit does not just fill us one time with his power and then it's done deal. The disciples, you look in Acts, there's a meeting after uh, Peter and John were brutal, brutally beat. They came back and they, they began encouraging the body of Christ. And then they said, we must be empowered with the Holy Spirit. If I'm correct, Peter, I could be wrong. I could be. Everything I learned at Bible college could be a lie. But I'm pretty sure that in Acts chapter 2, we saw Peter and John being in the upper room, filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, yes, I think I remember Peter actually stand up, full of the Holy Spirit, preaching to the crowd. And yet they were there again, being fi- and then later in Acts chapter 4, they were being filled again, saying, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit again. And the Holy Spirit filled them again, and they began to preach boldly. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time deal. If you have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you, continually be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. If you feel that the fire and the authority, if you do not feel the power and the authority that God has given you in your life, can go back to it. Say, Lord, fill me up again. Help me to walk in the power that you've given me. Because if we want to see a difference, if we want to see a change, if we want to 
see this world turn from a world of hate to a world that at, at the name of Jesus Christ, every name bows and every tongue confesses. There is, the only way that's going to happen is being filled with the Holy Spirit and moving when he says move. When he says speak, we speak. I know, in, I know maybe in, even in services, I know it can be intimidating at times and I know it can be frightening if, God, if you feel like God's laid a word or a, a prophecy or a, a, a tongue that you do not understand. I would encourage you to, to speak with one of the elders who are sitting next to you and to, to share that word. And not just, but not just in service, not just when we gather as believers, but in every day of your life, because the Holy Spirit is constantly speaking to us. Stephen was not at church when he, he preached to the, to the Sanhedrin. He was out on the streets, and then they pulled him in. But because he was walking in the Holy Spirit daily, and he was walking in the power daily, that is how he was able to speak before the Sanhedrin, because he was re- walking in the power it wasn't just a, a, a side thought. It wasn't just kind of, eh. It was there. He was present. He's not an idol God. He's not. But he doesn't always choose to move on his own. If he wanted to, he could fix all the problems. Because he's God. He can do that. It's pretty cool. But he doesn't. He chooses to use us. He chose to use Moses to drag a bunch of um, a couple million whiny people through the desert for 40 years. He chose He chose uh David who was a little a, a wimpy kid who nobody really liked in school and picked on to be the leader of a nation. He picked Isaiah who was a whiner baby. No, sorry. Jeremiah. He picked Jeremiah who was a whiner baby to be the prophet who would weep on behalf of uh, Israel. He filled people with power because he had a purpose for them. And he did not want them to just sit idly by. And just, it's... Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not mandatory for salvation. Some, believe, some people believe that. We do not believe that here. We do not believe that you must be they receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in order to be saved. But if you're going to live out the light, and you don't even have to, you know what? I would even say, maybe you don't even have to, you know, do what Paul did. You don't even have to do that necessarily, you know? If you're, just, if you're loving God and you're loving those around you, I'd say you'll probably be okay. You know, the Bible doesn't say anything about you won't get to heaven if you don't do that, if you, you aren't going out. But you're not fulfilling the full purpose that God has called you to. I'm not fulfilling the full purpose that God has called me to when I'm just sitting around watching Netflix or just always checking my Facebook feed or even complaining about it or even, or even just sitting back and praying. Praying is so important and we need to be doing it. And if you're not living a life of prayer, if you are, good job. Please continue to pray. We need those of you who are intercessors in prayer. Continue to pray for er, people. And if you are not living a life of prayer, I challenge you, please live a life of prayer. You have a direct line to the Father, the God of the universe. You have a direct line to the power of God. You hear, he hears you. When you pray, He hears you. So use that. Pray. But we cannot just do that. It, it is not the means to the end. It's not the end. It's a means to an end. There's more to it. So I challenge us this morning. Uh, if I could have Robert come up and play a little bit. I want to challenge us this morning. Two weeks ago, we talked about finding our purpose and then living in it. Today, we're talking about how we do that by being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and by listening to his call to the roles that he is guiding us to so that we can fulfill that purpose. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Maybe you're here and, um, and you don't know what your purpose is. You're like, ah, I'm a bit shaky on this. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, just, I, want, I want some clarity in this matter. Or maybe, maybe you have an idea, God's calling you to this specific task, 
Um, it was so great to hear Jessie this morning and, and seeing how she's really feeling like God's beginning to give some clarity and a direction. It was so encouraging to hear that this morning. So maybe you, you're in that place. You're like, I kind of, God's leading me down this direction, but maybe, maybe you need a, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit this morning. Maybe you need a fresh filling of that power. Or maybe you've never been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit ever. So what I want to do, it, or maybe, maybe you just need encouragement. And you're sitting here and you're like, man, listen, I'm, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. God's leading me in a great direction. But it's just, I just need some encouragement. I just need some prayer. I just need some prayer to keep, help me keep going and keep fighting and keep going in the direction God's called me to. If there's any of you this morning, what I want to encourage you to do is um, I'm going to have the elders and the life group leaders are going to be standing um, up here. So elders and life group leaders, if you can please come up. And we're going to give you an opportunity to come up here and to pray. Um, and, you can, and you can pick anyone up here. And they're up here to pray for you. They've all been filled with the Holy Spirit. They want to bless you. They have wisdom. And what I want to do is I want to give you this opportunity to, to receive prayer this morning. <laughs> yes, you do. You do. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I want to encourage you. Come up here. If you want prayer, please come up here. Take this time to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to allow you guys to come up here. Father God, we thank you so much. Holy Spirit, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the creator. We thank you that you are, are with us, God. You are that our paraclete. You are by our side. You are the one who helps us fight this battle that we are here on the earth. Lord, I ask right now that you would give us a touch right now from you, God. Lord, if you're calling us to a greater thing than we're, we're at right now, a greater place than we're at right now, Lord, I ask that you would soften our hearts that we would hear that, God. We would hear your voice and we would answer that call and we would move in the power and the authority that you have called us to. Father God, I thank you so much for my family here. I thank you for this part of the body of Christ. And I ask that you would continue to bless us. And I ask that you would continue to move in us, God, that we would be the change that we want to see in this world, that we would be those who walk in power and authority, and we would be those who people look at and they see Christ through us, God, through your power and your authority, God. We love you and praise you, God. We thank you for what you're going to do. Please, if you want, please come up for prayer.